The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. And with the news of Unai Emery's dismissal from Arsenal yesterday, here is a look back at his time there. He was appointed in May 2018 to replace Arsene Wenger, who stepped down after 22 years in charge. He got off to a strong start, winning 11 straight matches in all competitions between August and October. But it wasn't enough to earn Arsenal a top-four finish in the Premier League as they finished outside those places for the third year in a row. Still, the Gunners reached the Europa League final in May, losing to London rivals Chelsea and ultimately missing out on Champions League football yet again. And now this season, Arsenal off to their worst ever Premier League start, taking just 18 points from their first 13 matches. So after just 18 months in charge, Unai Emery was fired by Arsenal yesterday with the club on a seven-match winless run in all competitions. And who better to talk to then this morning than the Arsenal legend, our very own Lee Dixon, who will be at Tottenham Bournemouth today and joins us on the phone this morning right now. Lee, good morning for you. The right timing to make the decision. Yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. I think um, the club gave you every opportunity to try and right the ship, if you like, but it, it just wasn't happening. And not only the results very poor, but the performances, nothing seems to be clicking on the pitch, the, the players seem void of any idea of what the manager wants them to do, what the coach is trying to do on the training pitch doesn't seem to be uh, happening on the pitch and, I, and I'm surprised to be honest with you that, uh, that Unai Emery lasted this long I believe that he was probably told a little bit before the actual announcement so he was a dead man walking really and it's just um, it's, it's very sad, nobody likes to see a coach lose his job but ultimately results say everything and the performances have been pretty terrible to be honest. Lee, looking to the future as Arsenal fans of course will immediately do, what is the most important factor in choosing a successor? Well I think they've got to get it right and I think uh, Stan Kroenke, the board uh, Josh Kroenke, they've got to decide where they want to take the football club if they want uh, a quick fix if they want um, somebody to come in and try and sort this, this out then it might be a short-term thing, and I'm talking two or three years, and, and somebody like Allegri or, or Ancelotti or somebody like that might be looked at. But I think if, you know, from my point of view, I'm looking at it and I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, I want somebody Arsenal in there. I want a project. I want a long-term uh, vision for the club. And we haven't heard that from Stan Kroenke, what he wants. And that's one of the frustrations of the fans. So for me, it'd be somebody like Patrick Vieira. I think he'd be perfect to come in. Um, he's had experience in managing, um, not at this level, but that's his next step. I'm pretty sure. I know everything about Patrick as a, as a, as a man, as a player, and he's definitely destined to manage a big club. I really believe that. 
and no better for him than, than Arsenal. So give him the job, give him five years, give him the, the, the academy, give him everything he needs. And I think if Stan Kroenke really wants to take this club to, to the next level, and it surely can do because they've dropped below the standards that, that they've set over the years, then, then build another Arsene Wenger dynasty. And I think Patrick's perfect for that. Lee, just quickly, some other names as well being floated about. Mikel Arteta, who it sounds like came yeah. second to Emery two summers ago. Um, Brendan Rodgers mm. at Leicester. And one Maurizio Pochettino as well. Your thoughts on those names? Well, I'm not sure about Pochettino from whether he would take the job. I mean, it's a big job. I know Arsenal fans are kind of open to that. Mikel Arteta had the job, I'm told. You know, um, even Gazidis had basically told him he got the job and then the next day he, he gave it to Emery. So whether he would come back, I know his, his backroom staff wasn't ready the last time. I don't know if it's ready this time. Uh, but certainly Brendan Rodgers ticks a lot of boxes as well. I know Arlo won't be pleased to hear that. But, um, you know, he has managed at a, a high level. In what he's doing is Le- at Leicester, he's absolutely amazing. So, uh, But for me, I just can't get Patrick out of my mind, I'm afraid. And that's, that would be my choice. That's interesting. Lee, it's a big day for Arsenal. I know you'd be... Uh... You want to be anywhere, don't you, but Tottenham? But that's where you're going to be. Tottenham against Bournemouth a little bit later on, and we'll talk to you with Arlo later. Lee, thanks so much. See you later. Robbie L. Robbie Musto here alongside me this morning. We'll get to who you believe should come in in a second, but first of all, your reaction to the Emery firing. As Lee said, um, I think it was due, Rebecca. I, I, I got, uh, we got an email Friday morning that said, Opta special Unai Emery out. And I was thinking, as I opened the email, there's nothing special about his reign. He was 18 months at the football club. No footprints, no fingerprints over anything. You'll look back over the 18 months and nothing really changed. You could argue the club were in a worse position than when, than when he took over. He, he was a manager who never quite bought into his own ideas. And by that, every week we saw a different system, different players, different setup. He fell out with some players, he brought them back in. We never, there was no consistency to his work. And because of that, because of the size of the club of Arsenal, it seemed to me he didn't have a plan. He didn't know how he was going to take this club forward. And because of that, he lost his job. Indeed, performances, results, falling out with players, a lack of decent communication he was criticised for. What was the biggest factor, do you think, in him losing his job? Uh, all those, plus the team were really, really bad without the ball. And you can say that the squad is decent, um, there's some good attacking players in there. But after 18 months, Rob, he still never found a balance and how to, to get his team to, to, to attack safely. We see it right from, from the last game against Southampton. Mm-hmm. So open on the counter-attack. I mean, surprisingly bad, Rebecca, this is. This is he's, he did surprisingly badly. Given his record, he'd done really well at all the other clubs, apart from Spartak Moscow, who was there for just a, a, a few months. Other than that, good work at, uh, at many other clubs. This is, this is kind of surprisingly how, how much he struggled in England. So Lee Dixon says, Patrick Vieira, I know you've got a list. Yep. Who have you whittled down? He's on it. And I think Lee Dixon made a really interesting point where he said, is this going to be a short-term or a longer-term project? Short-term project, Max Allegri, proven winner. Five Serie A titles, got to the Champions League final a couple of times at Juventus. Um, I, I think that, in terms of, if you just to give him a quick injection of what they need to be better without the ball, he could absolutely do that. Brennan Rodgers. Mm. He's got to be top of the list, Rebecca. Brennan Rodgers. Mm. And I've got Patrick Vieira and I've got Nuno Espirito Santo as there as well. And on my lower list, Eddie Howe and Rafa Benitez. I'm kind of okay with all of those, but Brendan Rodgers... He would say yes? Would, would Brendan Rodgers say yes? I think he'd say yes, but, but, but you might have to wait for him. And for me, 
If I'm the Arsenal board, I'm waiting. I'm trying to speak to his, his guys. Will he wait to the end of the season? Yeah. Because that's when you might get him. I would wait for Brendan Rodgers. It would seem that Freddie Lundberg will get this till the end of, of the season. This is the biggest club in London, Rebecca. This is a club that should be competing for titles. So forget about, well, will Brendan... Brendan Rodgers, for me, is the number one target. Go and get him. Whatever it takes. And I know Leicester fans won't be happy. And I know he started a project. But let me tell you, if you say to him, start a project at Arsenal, that's a five-year project that builds a football club, that gets us back winning titles, he will come. Okay. He will come. How significant today in the title race, then, Robbie Musso. A City still in it? No, they're not winning it from here. They're not winning the, Prem- the Premier League. The Premier League title, sorry, from this point uh, Right now, with that again, that's three losses, two draws. And it goes back to defensive issues. And Fernandinho's lunging, reaching, lazy, tired foul defensively caught them. And it wasn't all about the quality of, mm. of De Bruyne's strike. John Joe Shalvey's strike is great quality as well. But that, in a nutshell, is what it's all about for, New- uh, for, for Man City. Two goals conceded against Newcastle United. And for me, the title's gone for them. Fernandinho can do a job going in, into the back, Rebecca, for, for a week or two. But the amount of time they've had in there is to negligence by the football club and by Pep. And that foul that he makes is a, a tactical foul. The kind of fouls he makes on the halfway line normally in midfield, you get away with it. But you do that as a centre-back. You make those kind of mistakes, and it's a brilliant finish, obviously, by Shelby, and that can cause you problems. Now, that's a draw that feels like a defeat for Manchester City. Are they out of it? Yeah, they're done. Liverpool now. Wow. Liverpool can't throw this away, Rebecca. They win today, 11 points clear going in, into the Christmas period and New Year. I think that's Manchester's done because I don't think they can keep on winning the amount of games they won last season, the kind of run they had at the end of the season. They look like there's going to be chances and they're going to be a bit careless at times and that's going to give Liverpool... Uh, defensively, they might have the, the, the star power to score the goals, score, but yeah. they can't You've got to win games. They're not going to be able to keep enough clean sheets. Line for Steve Bruce, he's very quickly becoming mm. as popular as Rafa Benitez. Great, well done, tremendous. Absolutely fantastic. Great spirit. And the team got something today for staying in the game, Rebecca. Staying in the game, just not getting too far behind, always being there. And John Joe Shelby. All matching for John Joe. It used to be about drama. It's about good things now. Where John Joe goes, good things follow. Indeed. Well, Pep, you didn't get the three points. What are your thoughts on the game and your team's performance? Well, we play, we play a good level. Uh, in the first shot we can see the goal and the second shot we can see the goal after uh, an standing goal it was not easy because the defense was so deep uh, we knew it but uh, we move well we create enough chances to, to score more goals unfortunately it didn't happen and, and the last action they, they scored and, uh, but we had another one with Raheem but in general the, the game was good we played good Are you upset about the second goal was there a bit of a slow reaction to the free kick? Yeah maybe we need a one player there but uh, you know, with the substitutions, sometimes you forget the positions. Yeah, we should uh, maybe control it. But uh, it's happened. So they play and have to take a decision. Sometimes happen. We see your team play many passes, try and get through. This is game after game. Is it frustrating for you to see that? It's what we lived the last four years. So everything is like this. So we we found the, the way, and. Uh, we found a way, and, and, and today we found it again. But unfortunately, at the end, we, we conceded a goal. Are you noticing more and more teams set up like that against you, or, or is it no different to previous no, seasons? There are, thoughts, there are teams that play more high, there are teams like uh, defend more deeper, so it happened all, all the season. Not all the teams play against you, or you play against them in the same way. Is there any way that 
you try and change something or try and change something different to make, to make sure of the, the three points more in games this season? No, we're doing the same what I've done in the last season. Like, uh, it was not bad. And I think the way we played today was the level of the last season. At the end, when we cannot score all the chances that we have and they arrive two times to score two goals, you know, sometimes it happens. Thank you, Pep. Thank you. Cheers. Interesting words there from Pep Guardiola. What are you picking up from that interview, Robbie? Um, you said the two Robbies have said, uh, think that Manchester City out. I think that tells you that he thinks they're out as well, Rebecca. As much as he, he'll never say that and they'll want to go on a, on a long run. He looked a frustrated figure during most of the game. We, we had shots of him from the sideline and, he, and he, you could see every time a chance was going wide, he, he was getting involved in the game and, and, and angst. And it just feels like that's the football club at the moment. It's not quite in that, in that spot that they were last season when they were on that magnificent run. Frustration's been the word, actually. I think we've used a lot this season with yeah. regards, Pep. I think what you're seeing is the 2019-2020 Manchester City. We've seen it for 14 games and this version of Man City is what you're going to get and it's not going to win the title. The goals against Column is, is so much more than what we used to seeing in the last two seasons when they won stuff. That's the difference. You can say there they're doing the same things. They are doing the same things with the ball and their philosophies, but defensively, they're nowhere near as good, and that's going to cost them. I asked you yesterday, mm. you both said City are out of this title race. Expand on why you think that, Robbie. Well, because they can't catch Liverpool. Liverpool have won 13 or 14 so far in the Premier League. Was it one loss in 53 in the Premier League? By buying Rodri and Cancelo in the summer, City and not a quality centre-back, that's the difference. Of course, they didn't know that Emmerich Laporte was going to get injured, but he has got injured badly, and that's where the difference is, Rebecca. They're still going to be great in midfield. They've got De Bruyne fit this season. They're still going to score goals. But defensively, at centre-back, that's a problem. That's why they're not going to win the Premier League this year. And unless Laporte's back for the Champions League back in, in, in February, they won't win that competition as well. Too vulnerable, too open. They look like conceding in every game they play. Agree. Yeah, uh, they've lost a little bit of that sheen, Rebecca. Last season, they had this bully mentality where their intensity of play would flatten teams. There was no belief. Let's remember against Newcastle United, they were winning on both occasions, winning 1-0, winning 2-1, and allowed them back into the game. And Robbie's right. John Stones is a fading force at the moment. Fernandinho is not at his best in his, not his best position, if you know what I mean. He's a better centre-back. Is centre midfield player. He's playing centre back and he can do that for a game or two, but this has taken too long now. And Manchester City will look at this season and, and just think of money's coming into the football club. Not buying a centre back has been a huge mistake. And is that a flaw of Pep's entire philosophy? Yes. That he just doesn't prioritise centre back. I always remember Pep once said about defending, he says, We never do defending because if you don't give the ball away, you don't have to defend. Well, in this league, he should know that there's times you're going to go away from home and it's not going to be pretty and you're not going to have it all your own way and you have to have some players back there who are resilient who can it, keep it, it, that, that's not sexy for pep he wants a, he wants a better right back carl walker is a, is a very good right back cancelo is a, is a is a more of a ball playing right back that's what he wants that's what he's thinking of rodri as another midfield player he's not thinking he doesn't focus and think about oh i want to i gotta go and buy another center back that's just not point, his focus. 100 points when they won the league was a sexy time to win the league this isn't going to be that 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 season this is a season to grind it out as Liverpool have done, what, for about a month now, Liverpool haven't particularly played well, yet they continue to win matches. They've got a great defence. With regret, Watford Football Club confirms the departure of head coach Kike Sanchez-Flores. Kike is a man of great integrity, and it was clear how much he wanted to have a positive impact. But ultimately, results have dictated our decisions, said Hornets chairman and CEO Scott Duxbury. 
He then goes on to say the appointment of a new head coach is imminent and with nearly two-thirds of the season remaining, we will provide all the support necessary to make the coming months successful. No further comment from Watford will be made until a new head coach is announced. Very interesting. They clearly are on the hunt swiftly yeah. to get a replacement. Your reaction, first of all, to this news that we've just heard in the last five minutes? Well, I think it's the news we knew was, was coming. The shake of the head from Gino Pozzo yesterday at Southampton told you everything, Rebecca. 85 days, Kike Sanchez-Flores has been at the football club. Listen, I wouldn't be surprised Javi Gracia comes back in again. That's what happens at this football club. I don't think it's, it's a time for testing out somebody. This is a job for experience. And without any, any concern... If Sam Allardyce is available and wants to come mm. into my football club and keep me in the league, I'd make the call. Interesting. Robbie Musto, in the past few years, you have defended this club and the way the Pozzo family do things, the way they structure the club and the way they hire and fire managers. But is a club <clears throat> who fired two managers by December the 1st not in a bit of a state? Yep, the alarm bells are ringing. They were ringing early on for Gina Pozzo when they shouldn't have been. They fired Javi Gracia for me too early. Then you bring in this guy, and one win in ten has the alarm bells ringing again. Six points from safety, terrible goal difference, um, 19 against, or minus 19. So they've got to make a change, and with imminent, it sounds like they've got somebody ready. What they want, Rebecca, is every scenario that this team can go through, that they can survive it. So they can survive, they can push on to be a top-table team, they can get to the FA Cup final of last year, they can survive drop-offs in manager performance, they might call it, because they feel their recruitment in players is good enough for this squad to be a Premier League side. Two managers this, so far this season have got not much out of this squad, and I, I actually believe that there's better in this squad. they just got to find the guy to inject, to make that little difference to start winning games, because now, with the amount of games remaining, they can get out of trouble. Quick reminder, last season was their best ever season yeah. in the Premier League, and they fired that manager off. After four games this year. Time now for this week's edition of The Boot Room. And we've had two managerial firings, one today and one on Friday. Unai Emery and Kike Sanchez-Flores, if you're just joining us, was fired in the last 45 minutes. We're going to start by talking about the future of Arsenal. The question, Robbie, I'll start you with. Mm. There are three men who are making the decision on who comes in. Yeah. There's Vinay Venkatesham, the managing director, yeah. Raul Sanyei, head of football, and yeah. Edu, the technical director, who's yeah. at Carrow Road today, who I think we're going to see in a moment. Mm -hmm. They have to make a decision. Do they do a quick fix, get somebody like Allegri in, as Neil Ashton talked mm. about, or do they get an Arsenal person, a Patrick Vieira, somebody like Lee Dixon wants, mm. to create a long-term project? What do you think? I'm less driven down there has to have Arsenal DNA. You have to get the right man for the job, wherever they are. It was interesting, because I spent a little bit of time with Edu in, in the summer when... Um, Arsenal were in LA and, and playing a few of, of their friendly games and he's got a great knowledge of, of European, South American football, got great insight into players. He'll have a big say in this and I still feel that the, the guy he'll go for will be somebody with a long-term plan who will play the kind of football that he wants and the club wants back to the, the days of beautiful football like they did under an Arsene Wenger. And that would be somebody like... Brendan Rodgers fits the bill. In the summer? In the summer. Freddie Lundberg can hold the reins till the summer, Rebecca, and I know Neil Ashton doesn't think so. If the right time is, is the summer, if you ask Brendan Rodgers, he leaves Leicester City Football Club and comes to Arsenal. I'm sorry, Leicester fans, and I'm <coughs> sorry that that project would stop. If you get an opportunity to manage one of the biggest clubs in the world, you do it. You're nodding, Roy Muster, your thoughts? Yeah, he's the best man for the job. It's no question. The style of football, experience now in the game. He's been at a big club under pressure, Liverpool Football Club before, so he kind of he, he's, he's, he's been there and done it. Um, didn't come through and win, but he's been there. So he would be the right guy. I still, 
I'm not going to say he wouldn't come in the summer, but depends on how Leicester get on. It's a really exciting project he's got there. I do like Patrick Vieira's, the, the thought of him going there. We know him, you know him better than I do. We both played against him a lot. He's like such a leader, such a calm influence. The perfect man and invincible would be, would be perfect. The only thing that's lacking on his CV is success as a manager. And he's done okay at New York and he's done okay where he is now in Nice. Um, early days at Nice, but, but in terms of somebody that, that can bring the club back together again, that I'm sure would figure out the balance of the team in terms of defenders and midfield players, um, he, again, if you're going to go for, and I agree with a longer-term project, is the way to go here, one of those two for me. But Brennan Rodgers would be the outstanding candidate. Do you think, in Brendan Rodgers' mind, just quickly... Mm that it depends on where Arsenal finish this season and it depends on where Leicester finish this season as to whether or not he'd take the job? Or do you think he'd walk wouldn't, to wouldn't, the Emirates? Wouldn't it if it was me, Rebecca? This is Arsenal Football Club, who, who've had titles, the biggest club in London. If you can get that club back to where it was, wow. I mean, uh, that, uh, that, uh, they don't come along, Rob. No, and I, I just get a sense that Arsenal want to get a guy and let him go. Let him yeah, do the do job the, yeah. and take the time and work the tech directors and, and Edu and everybody else to try and build this club. If it's slowly, it's got to be slowly. Um, but there is a lot of good players at the club, a lot of good midfield players, a lot of good strikers and forwards um, that he can work with. That's but why I think... he would fit, wouldn't he? And, <laughs> he has with and a very good academy. Absolutely. Yeah. He does love to bring the young mm. players through. OK, so that's Arsenal. You both think Brennan Rodgers is the mm. right man for the job, but maybe they have to wait until the summer yeah. because Leicester want £14 million pounds, uh, if, if Brendan Rodgers is to leave. Let's talk Watford. Kike Sanchez-Flores Flores, mm. fired in the last hour. Robbie Musto. Mm. They say a head coach, new head coach is imminent. Their track record isn't great in recent seasons. What kind of manager do they need? Do they need a Sam Allardyce? Well, you know what, Rebecca? Right now, when they say it's imminent, we have to look at Premier League managers that are available and there isn't that many Sam Allardyce I guess is in that category Chris Hewton is in that category um, Tony Pulis I think is out of work right mm -hmm. now um, Pardew I mean it, it's that sort Mark of Hughes. list Mark Hughes like another one Chris Hewton David Moyes David Moyes mm. yeah David Moyes is, is uh that's a good shout. It's an interesting shout. I just don't know whether he's going to want that, the quick nature of this. Chris Shute and Rebecca, of all those you mentioned, maybe that's, that's somebody else to think about, um, would fit the bill best because, again, I'll say about Watford, De Rafael, Pereira, there's Dini when he comes back. They've got some, Yeah, they've got, they got, they got some attacking options, but defensively they've been awful. Chris Hewton will go in there and go 4-4, 1-1 or whatever and make them better defensively, hoping that those front players are back on the counter-attack will get enough goals to win games. But if you absolute want guaranteed safety, there's only one man for the job, isn't there, Robbie L? There's a fire. Sam, we need to put the fire out. You'll <laughs> go Sam. in with the, with the back four, Rebecca. <laughs> they'll do the old thing we used to do as kids. You'll have a rope between the back four and they'll run across the pitch and they'll run across the pitch and they'll learn their distances and they'll get all the basics right. And if you get the basics right, Watford have got enough to stay in the league. And, so, and, and it'd be like a big old cash bonus, I think, for, for keeping them yeah, up. Yeah, and, and that's how Sam works now. The hired hand. Specialist. Yeah. Absolutely. And you'd go with Sam? Absolutely, 100%. And you'd go with Chris Hewton, yeah. you think, on yeah. balance? Yeah. Okay. More recent, yeah. Interesting. We may get an answer today mm. because, as I say, Watford do often make a quick appointment and they did say that the new decision is imminent. Can I just say, there might be two more yeah. managers at, Arsenal, at Watford between now and the end of the season. They, they just get them in and get them out. And also with the Italian links, it could be anybody, by the way. Anybody from Italian football, anybody could come in and, and do this job. OK, well, well played for covering yourself there. Well, could be. <laughs> OK. Robbie Musto, assess that first match without Unai Emery for us. 
Much the same issues, Rebecca. I think they were a little brighter to start both halves. It looked like the players were up for it with the new manager and trying to make amends to, to a really poor start to the season. But the same problems came through. Last week it was Southampton at home. was a barnstorming, end-to-end amazing game against Southampton. And we had the same thing this weekend with a new manager. End-to-end, barnstorming, could have gone any way. And it's worrying that the best team and the strongest team in the second half was Norwich City that had three or four really good chances to win the game. Will that result and that performance, do you think, speed up the thinking of the Arsenal hierarchy in choosing a new permanent yeah. manager? We had no Freddie Fairy tale. And... and no disrespect to Freddie Lundberg, but he's not the right man. And I know we talk, they talk about DNA and ex-player and all that. This club needs a, a manager who can go in and sort the problems. Well, we must have talked about it. You played two teams in the bottom three of the league, Southampton and Norwich, one with Unai Emery, one without, and still drawn 2-2. That tells me this group needs organising and is not good enough. And the other thing, just very quickly, yep. Rob, they haven't got a centre-back pairing right. that you can build on. And that's the basis of any success, a back, a back two who can defend for their lives and give you a chance of winning games. They can't be expansive with the full-backs going forward so they're not offering no cover to the centre-backs, whoever it is, and be safe. They can't. So I'd love to get Lee, Lee Dixon's take on it. It might, it might really need somebody to come in who's a pragmatic coach, Rebecca, and kind of go, you know what, we're going back to basics. What you're going to see at Jose at Spurs with, with full-backs that stay at home, two midfield players that stay, near, uh, stay nearby, and it won't be so thrilling, but that's what they need right now. Conceded two goals again away at Nodge, and it could have been more. How do you make sense, having heard what the Robbies have said there, how do you make sense of the chaos that you've just witnessed once again with the <laughs> Arsenal side? Well, uh, chaotic is a good word, and I don't think it's Freddie's fault. I don't think he... Um, he's going to fix it overnight. The boys have said that in the studio. There's no way that's going to happen. The players are, are, are massively underperforming, even though I think what's been told today by the manager before the game, what the game plan was, went straight out the window. He must have addressed the central midfield area and the two centre-backs. When his team sheet came out, I'm thinking, Freddie, what are you doing? You know, you've... That, that is a recipe for disaster, the, the fact that he picked that midfield and the two centre-backs. And he's thinking, nothing has changed when I watch that. They got hit on the break. They're backing off. No one's pressing the ball in front. The defence is running back to the goal. It's the same old story, that, that result. If you just said to me, what would the result to be today? And I probably said 3-all, 2-2, mm. something like mm. that, because they'll score goals. So nothing's changed. And as I said, it's not Freddie's fault. They need somebody who can go in there, who's got managerial experience, whatever level it is, week in, week out, being able to change change things on the pitch when you see a problem. So let's reiterate, who do you think that person should be? Well, I, again, it doesn't matter what I think. What I think, Patrick Vieira on a long-term project, but whether the Cronkies think that's that's going to be the problem, I don't think so. I think they need to, to look at it and say, what's the long-term goal of the club? At the moment, the, you can fix that. If you took those players, given George Graham for one month and trained them, they would be 50% better than they are now. It's about organisation, it's about discipline. Luis is not disciplined. Mustafi's not disciplined, shouldn't even be near the first team. And other players are, are culpable as well. And the midfield just runs all over the place and leaves big gaps. And it's, it's, it's dreadful to watch, it really is. Should Freddie Lundberg have the job until the end of the season, or do they need to make an appointment pretty soon? Well, if his body language at half-time is anything to, do, to go by when he comes out chewing his gum and leaning back, he looked caught in the headlights 
like the previous manager. That would, to me, would suggest that he that he's not the man for the job to the end of the season. But they've got to get a new manager in, and that's difficult. And, and again, I'd love to know what Stan Kroenke thinks about the vision of the club. Mm. That's the be-all and end-all for me. Good stuff, uh, Lee, on Arsenal. For our game here, you've had a chat with Dean Smith, the yeah. Aston Villa manager. I saw Jack Grealish in the tunnel. They all look very relaxed. relaxed. He fancies it. He fancies it today. Dean Smith's looking at this game and thinks they're good up front, United, but we can get at them. I think we're in for a cracker. Absolutely. Back to you, Rebecca. We'll get to Everton in just a second. We've got to go with Leicester. Those scenes, that tells you, doesn't it, Robbie Mosso, that they believe <laughs> yeah. that they are in this title race for mm. sure, absolutely. especially after City lost. Uh, Drew. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. And uh, it's marvellous to see. I mean, the, the, the whole reaction of Nacho where he doesn't think he scored and then the VAR says he does score. They all jump on the manager. It's fantastic scenes. And the momentum's keep building, Rebecca. That's the key thing here. They've had a great run to this point. They've got to keep it going. They've got to keep the wins coming. And they left it late, but it continues this weekend as well. Everton? I'm afraid eight defeats for Rebecca, pressure that he was under, Liverpool to come in the Merseyside derby. Do you think it's he'll be ma- in charge for of, the Merseyside derby? It's a matter of time. He might get that game, but the, the look on, on Bill Kenwright's face that we saw there tells me that things are done. Is there a chance they might change before the I derby? Think so. I think yeah. so. A new guy comes in potentially or an interim or something to give him a bit of a boost for that game, quite possibly, yeah. Where are we with Manchester United? Where we are, Rebecca, is they've played two promoted teams now in the last two weeks, drew 3-3 with Sheffield United, drawn 2-2 with Aston Villa, been winning in both of them games and not seeing them out. They need the reinforcements. And until the reinforcements come, they're an, at best, average Premier League team. And I'm afraid that's where we are. And they are sitting right now, the average Premier League team, as you call them, in ninth position. Robbie, what are your thoughts? Mm. I think I said a few weeks ago what we're going to get from United is some good and some bad. Today was bad. Better in the second half, more dominance as you'd expect at home against Aston Villa. But the squad's not good enough. Mm. Pogba and McTominay to come back will make them better, of course. But what do you do now if you're United fan? You've just got to wait, haven't you? You've just got to wait for January window and hopefully bring some players in. You don't mid-table. feel there's, there's no appetite for changing the manager? You don't feel? I don't think there's appetite for it. We all know that who's sitting there on the sideline just left his job at Spurs. Mm. But at least then you'd think, well, you know what, we've got windows coming up and he is going to be the guy because he's done it before and making a good side. With only going to Solskjaer, we don't know yet what sort of manager is going to be longer term and also what sort of player is going to come into the mm. club. But there are no noises coming out of Old no. Trafford no. that no. they even want to change their no. manager. OK. OK, so it was a difficult day for Arsenal. Freddie mm. Lundberg was disappointed they didn't get all three points. Yeah. How quickly do Arsenal need to make this appointment, do you think? I think very quickly, Rebecca. I think there's a long-term plan in place. I think there's a decent group of players in place. But the longer this malaise kind of carries on, I think the more difficult the situation is. In Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, you've got somebody who can get you out of jail because he scores goals. In Skodran Mustafi, you get somebody who gets you into jail. Because he doesn't defend well enough and strongly enough in, in big situations. And it was an interesting lineup that Lundberg picked today. I mean, it's three or four that I'm not sure the fans would have selected. But listen, it's his, he's the man right now. He makes the decisions. The one thing to remember for Arsenal in this game is that they gave up chances to Norwich throughout the match. Throughout the match. Norwich could have had more goals. So whoever comes in has got to first approach the, the non-very sexy side of getting behind the ball and making the defenders defend, of course, as well, looking out for new players to add, centre-backs, etc., midfield players, because they still continue to be gung-ho and wide open. So, Lee, for Manchester United, it's four wins out of 19 dating back to last season in the Premier League. They've taken 20 points 
out of the last 57. Are you surprised that we're not talking more about the future of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as manager? Well, we seem to be talking about all the other managers who are struggling with results, etc. But I think maybe United have taken a different stance. They've, they've publicly said that they're behind the project that, that Ollie's trying to do, this sort of three-year and, and, and introducing some young players into the team, etc. So maybe that we're criticising now, but in the future when he gets it right, if he gets it right, then we're going to look back and go, well done United for sticking by their man. But, you know, those statistics don't read too well for him at the moment. And I think United fans today certainly would, they seem very frustrated at the end that they can't get those wins that the, perhaps they think this club deserves. But the team doesn't. You know, they're not playing particularly well and then they're way off the top at the moment. Conversely, Dean Smith and Aston Villa, they seem to be building something. Yeah. A new four-year contract for him. What impresses you the most about Aston Villa? Well, I think the belief, he had belief before the game. We talked to him before the game and the belief in his players, you can see that on the pitch. Grealish is playing out of his skin. Mm. And I think that there's a real understanding of what he wants. And I think he said before that there's a few results this season that he perhaps they've been unlucky not to get those wins. And certainly they were very unlucky not to win today. Yep. 2-2, the final score. A point apiece, a game that will be memorable for a fantastic goal by Jack Grealish. You have been mentioned in dispatches. Another club currently looking for a manager. Can you clarify one thing for us? Is there actually a clause in your contract that if a club meets it, you can go? No, that, listen, there probably, there probably is in most managers' contracts, Jeff. Listen, it's all hypothetical, all these types of uh, situations. I think for me at this moment, we've had a brilliant win today. Um, as I said, we came back really, really well. My focus is very much with Leicester, and uh, like I said, I made a change eight, nine months ago, and I came into here, and I've been so happy since I came into here to work with the players, and I feel we we still have a lot of work to do. So, um, so like I said, most managers' contracts will have something in that, but uh, but for me, my only concentration on is Leicester. Second in the table right now, can you achieve your ambitions with Leicester City? Yeah, um, listen, I've been very fortunate in my, my career, Jeff, to, to work with some brilliant clubs and some great institutions and, and coming to here this was an ambition to come to here to help the club arrive into the, the top six and uh, and for us you know everything's been great since we've worked together we know there'll be bumps along the way but but for me my ambition at this very moment in time is to help this club you know have a responsibility uh, to share that with the uh, with the director of football with top with Susan our chief executive to try and uh, move the club forward so um, and I'm very happy in doing that and there's great great potential here at Leicester City in order to uh, to, to push on in the next few years you guys are in the results business that's just seven points now from 10 games you know you're under huge pressure even coming into today do you think that performance today and the commitment that your players showed will ease a little of that pressure on you, even if the result is another loss? Um, what I can tell uh, is about our performance, what I, I saw from my players, what um, like we performed, the, the, the good things we did, others not so good, like the second goal or the, even the first goal they, they, they scored as well. About pressure or not is not really important for me. I'm a manager, and you, when, uh, when you are a manager, you are always under pressure. The results will decide or not, but it's not, it's not important to talk about the situation. Arch moment for us, for, for myself, for my players, for the fans, they were here supporting them and for sure they, they saw a, a team fighting like they want, a team with the, with the commitment that they, they want to see and has to be always in, the, in, in this way. About the pressure, it's not, it's not important for me to talk about that. OK. 
You said it was a poor performance against Norwich. Having seen what you saw today, do you think you can go to Anfield with more belief that you can get something? It's our obligation as a club. Um, it's our obligation as a as a club to do that. You are Everton Football Club. You know how how they are in a good moment. How they are strong at home. But it will be a derby. You know how, how they are, the derbies they are. Um, everything what we did today. Uh, you can go to the last season as well. What we did there gives us the the belief and the confidence. You can go there and and challenge. Embrace the challenge. Will be a tough one, but embrace the challenge. Play and and give the feeling for our our fans again. We go there to fight and we. Go there to with the commitment we we had this afternoon you are where you are on the table can you improve results we should improve results we should improve results and we are working to improve results and um, i'm the first one i want that and um, i'm demanding from my players for myself as well to to improve the results thank you marco thank you well if you think life's hard for marco silva right now take a look at this stretch coming up merseyside derby on wednesday home to chelsea saturday then Old Trafford for Manchester United on the 15th, home to Arsenal on the 21st, a little respite, maybe, home to Burnley away to Newcastle, and then Manchester City away on New Year's Day. Happy New Year. That's if Marco Silva remains in a job. Is that always the answer, Robbie Musto, to get rid of a manager? You know what? It's not always the answer. And, you know, it's easy for us maybe in here to look at the results and, and kind of criticise and say, oh, that's not good enough for Everton, he should get fired. It's easy for us to say that. But I tell you what, it's a nightmare for the club. Because they're scrambling around for a manager. Who's available? You know, we're talking about Sam Allardyce and David Moyes and different people. You know, a, a club would love to do it if they're going to do it at the end of the season. There's m- tons more managers available. Marcel Brands, a director of football, can take his time, can find the right person if, he, if they can manage to stay up. You know, you're chasing your tail all the time, Rebecca. You know, it's like, who are we going to get? He's not good enough. Fire him. Then somebody else comes in. Does he get next season? Does he continue to the end of the season? Is there an interim manager? I just think, just just take take your time a little bit, just just make sure. I think it should be, it's like an emergency situation for Everton. Mm -hmm. Stay with him. Stay with him, it's better today. The spirit was there, they go ahead, they get some bad fortune, etc. in the game. Stick a little bit longer, and then, you know, if it's an emergency, then of course you've got to do it. But I think now in, in what, December the 1st, I just think you're getting into a situation where, like, who's available? It's difficult. I think the problem is, Rebecca, that they play Leicester City today. To start the season, Everton and Leicester would have had similar ambitions to maybe break it into the top six. Leicester sit eight points behind Liverpool in second. Everton sit two points above the relegation at the bottom three. Now, Marco Silva's been at the club around 18 months and spent a lot of money. And I would question, the only thing I would say, Robert, in what you say, I would question, what's improved under Marco Silva? I, I don't, don't disagree. Yeah. Well, well, but who's going to, what are you going to... Well, well you, you've then got to back your recruitment. Back, back somebody, your, if you're going to fire the guy now, then where are we? Let's somebody else comes in, you're City, hoping something's going to work City, out. Fire Claude Puel, who were doing okay, and they've got Brendan Rodgers. Great. He's an upgrade. Amazing. Great. Amazing need to Amazing. do the same thing. Could they get somebody to do the job? Sean Correct. Deitch. People Correct. like this. Absolutely. So difficult. Yeah, but, but they've got so Brendan difficult. Rogers, well, well, that's different, Everton. I think, out of Scottish football. I just think that was a time where he was ready to come down. Well, from, they, they maybe get somebody for six months and then wait to get Eddie Howe if he's a right guy in well, the you summer. Hope, so you're hoping that that six months is going to be OK to get them out of trouble. Mm. It's just whether you do it in December, Rebecca, or you say, you know what, let's stick with this guy into January, February, and if it's still down there, then you've got to emergency situation. Well, Freddie, you said you wanted your Arsenal team to be entertaining, and it was at least that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think we started the game uh, very, very well. Uh, that's how I want to play football. We uh, dominated totally, and uh, of course, then we, away from home, we need a goal. Couldn't get that, and uh, what we need to work on is a uh, transition game. Uh, we dominate, and they break on us way too easy, and that's where the two goals come from. 
So that's hard to take. Um, but the players showed great mentality. Um, they go down one goal twice and away from home and come back. That shows that they have any desire. And second half, in the end, I felt we got uh, tired and we lost a bit of structure and uh, maybe we played a lot and stuff like that. But uh, we have things to work on. I know you didn't have much time, but did you see things that you had already worked on in team meetings and, that, and the coaching sessions you, you did have? Did you see things you'd worked on out there on the pitch today? Yeah, quite a lot of it, uh, especially in the, in the beginning when the players were fresh. I could see a lot of things we worked on, so that was pleasing, and I felt it worked as well. We got into really good positions. Uh, but we need to finish and score goals and take the lead. Was the resilience you showed today coming from behind twice an encouraging factor as well? Oh, for me, the players, they worked so hard, they've been great since I've been here, very supportive and uh, tried to listen and do the hard work and all that has nothing to do with the coach, it isn't, that's up to the mentality of the players when they can come back like that and they, uh, they showed what, what type of players they are. What did you make of the penalty saga, your first goal? <laughs> I think I had a heart attack twice, <laughs> but uh, no, it's... Uh, what I've heard is quite obvious that uh, I think there's players uh, in uh, in the penalty area and I think he moves off the line as well, so there's quite a few things that uh, maybe is wrong. So that's what the rules are for. And um, I thought the main thing was for Oba to have that mental strength to miss the first and put the second one. I know that's uh, that's quite tough. You talked about your transition game as something you need to work on. So now you've got, when I mean, you haven't got much time, but you've got a little bit more time. Can you start now to work on those, more of the details? Yeah, no, that's, of course, it's when you've had uh, one training session day before a game when everybody needs to take it easy. It's, it's hard, but hopefully I get one more training session now to relax, and then I need to, uh, to work on this, and uh, hopefully we see a, a better game on, on Thursday. It was interesting that when you made changes, certainly with a couple of them, it was academy players you turned to. You turned to Saka, for example, ahead of Pe- Pepe. Yeah. What was the thinking there? No, uh, everybody in the squad is important, but I looked to how players they train in, in the week, and I felt what we needed that time. They were putting a lot of pressure on us. Uh, Bakayo has enormous uh, pace, and uh, I thought he would be uh, good. He would work hard defensively, but he could as well turn them and go, and that showed quite lethal in the last second uh, when we maybe Lucas could have scored, but uh, ah, the way it is. Any news on your backroom staff? You had Permet Saka with you today, but I think you might be adding... Yeah, no, I have no news on it, but I'll let you know when I know. Uh, and last question, do you find yourself with a game like that thinking about your own situation, thinking that as a new manager you need wins to maybe press your case? No, not really. Like I want this club to do well, so uh, for me there's only winning that, that counts, so that was was in my mind. I really, really wanted to win the game, so I'm very disappointed. But at the same time I saw some positives and uh, there's certain things that we definitely need to nail down, and so we know that. Enjoy your first full day if you like as Arsenal manager uh, n- not because of the result but of course I'm uh, proud of the players in interim charge as things stand we await news of a new Arsenal manager Robbie Musto when they make that appointment at the Emirates how big a rebuild will there be in terms of this team do you think actually not that big in my opinion I think we know that they've got great wide players great creativity good strikers Granit Xhaka needs to leave the club I think what's gone on was awful. I th- I'm not sure that's recoverable. I'm not sure it's worth trying to recover him into the football club. Centre-backs, at least well, probably two centre-backs need to come in. I think Bellerin has got good potential at right-back. Uh, Kieran Tierney at left-back. You've got Sobias creative. You've got Ozil creative. There's got to be some balance, though. There's got to be some soldiers to go with the artists. And at the moment, Granit Xhaka, Genduzi is more of an artist for me. Terreira, I, I like Terreira, but he needs somebody else in there. 
to make it a little bit more stable with a commanding centre-back or two of them, a little bit more structure, a little bit more shape, because there's plenty of attacking. The, 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 the difficult bit, there are players there to do that. So I don't think it's a, it's a clear-the-deck situation. Mm. Three or four of the right type, the right signings with a coach that wants structure and, and some solidity to make them a bit more durable then they can do okay. It's not, though, the worry, not just at the back, but actually that their best players, the likes of Alexander Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, are stalling on signing new deals. They want to be in Champions League football. They've got to try and get those players into the Champions League as quickly as they can. That's a worry, and that's why it's so important you get the right man to get the the job, Rebecca. When you look at uh, goals, 20 goals scored, 21 goals against. They're the only team in the top ten with a minus goal difference, which tells you something. This team can score goals. The hardest thing to do in football, they can do. At the other end of the pitch, this team can see goals. And I agree with Robbie Muster, but I'll go further. Get me three men. Three physical presences. Two centre-backs, one holding midfield player. You're ready to go. You've got enough in that group to get you to the top four. Would I be right in saying it's been a while since we've had... I feel like we've had this conversation yeah, about leaders yeah, at correct. the back at Arsenal. Arsenal Wenger, well, Wenger yeah. days, wasn't it? Yeah, and Unai Emery's come in and nothing has changed. And, and at the moment, Freddie Lumber can only work with what he's got and nothing has changed until somebody decides to bedrock a back four and two centre-backs so, in there. If Jose... Sorry, Rebecca. If Jose Mourinho goes in there, mm. he, finds a way he, to, he's a, he finds yeah. a way to be more solid. He stops the full-backs First going forward. He, he makes sure the two players stay there. Mm. More defensive. It is possible with the players they've got now, but ideally they could do with two or three or four so. better. Ones. Do you like any of the centre-halves? Rob Holding. Mm. That's it? Mm. For the future. Okay. Move, move on. Okay. <laughs> that does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7am Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.